It's time for the latest local, regional, and national sports topics of the day. It's the Sports Fan, presented by J&K Contracting. Ready? Now, from the WATH studios, here's Connor Mills and Joey Madore. From the studios of WATH, this is a sports fan on 970 and 97.1 FM. Connor Mills and Mike alongside Joe Medor. As we got you up until 7 o'clock today on the Sports Fan, presented by JK Contracting, 6.06 on the clock on this ninth day of November and 69 degrees and clear outside. Welcome into the program. And, Joey, it's been a weekend. There was no Bengals. There was no uh, Browns and really no local high school action. But on the phone lines right now, we bring on my good friend and, uh, of course, a very talented broadcaster in his own right, uh, Marty Bannister. Marty, it's been a while. How are you? I would start looking for better friends if I were you, Connor, <laughs> quite frankly. Well, I mean, <laughs> listen. Good, guys. It's good to be with you. It's good to be with you. <laughs> and it was a, a good game that you had to go out there and call you know, this past Friday, uh, Newark Catholic and Shadyside. Uh, of course, you know, Tomcat season came to a close against Newark Catholic the week before then. Uh, but, hey, Newark Catholic now in the Final Four. Yeah, and they're a team that the tradition that they bring, and I know you guys saw it when you called their game uh, against Trimble, uh, the, the type of tradition they bring to the field. I mean, goodness sake, they're, I think, third in the state in playoff appearances overall. So they kind of have that expectation that when they get to the postseason, that good things are going to happen to them. And Friday night, uh, it took them 90 seconds to score to take the lead. They were playing Shady Side, and then Shady Side took the ball, kept it for 24 plays, and went 92 yards and scored with eight seconds left in the quarter. And that was the way the game stayed till the fourth quarter when Ryan Hour of Newark Catholic drilled a 40-yard field goal for the difference. But to hang on and win a game like that, and I, I, guys, I've been calling football for a long, long time. I don't remember too many 24-play, 92-yard drives <laughs> out of anybody, and Newark Catholic was able to withstand that win. Good football team has got a real good chance to win the state. Yeah, so you think that these guys are going to have a chance coming up next week? They've got the uh, uh, Newark Catholic and Warren John F. Kennedy. I mean, JFK has, has done pretty well this season. You, you think Newark Catholic can uh, you know, come out victorious? Next, well, uh, I think, next Friday? Well, Connor, I think the thing that Newark Catholic has is they have resiliency. And they're going up against a, a team that uh, is very talented. You hit it right on the head with JFK. That's a very good football team that has a, a, a plethora of uh, talent on both sides of the ball. But uh, there's just something about this Newark Catholic team. I watched them last week, as I said. You just get the impression that they know how, how to win games and how to get over those humps. And I... I think they'll get there. Uh, the other half of the bracket is New Bremen and Lima, and Lima Central Catholic. New Bremen uh, last week only beat Marion Local, ending Marion Local's run of nine straight trips to the state championship game. That's not too impressive. They <laughs> 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 so went by New yeah. Bremen last week <laughs> yeah. to do that. So that tells you a little bit about that program. But I, I've seen Lima Central Catholic play three times this year. They are awfully talented. And of the four teams, I would probably put Lima Central Catholic as the favorite in Division Seven. Uh, Marty, uh, Joey Medor speaking with you here. Uh, you know, when we get down to this point of the postseason, right, down to four teams in each of the regions, what are some of the, you know, just the aspects, I guess you would say, you know, of these teams when you get down to this nitty-gritty? What sets, when we get this deep into the playoffs, these teams apart from everybody else who was eliminated earlier on, do you think? Joe, uh, that's a great question. And, and a lot of people look at that when you get ready for these games. And a lot of it is basically fundamentals. 
you don't beat yourself at this time of the year. And you see that out of all the teams that have reached this far. Uh, one of the games I saw earlier this year, uh, one of the teams that committed 14 penalties in a prior game. And you kind of knew that that's something that's going to haunt you when you get to this time of the year. The teams that are here right now don't do that or they cut them down to, to the bare minimum and they hang on to the football. Now, that being said, last Friday there were a number of turnovers in that game, mm-hmm. uh, the, the, the Newark Catholic uh, game against Shady Side. But uh, the ability to hang on to the football and not beat yourself is one of the big reasons why all these teams have reached the Final Four in Divisions 2 through 7 and why your Division One championship game is Pickering and Cincinnati St. X. And when Trimble played uh, Newark Catholic earlier on, I mean, Trimble just had too many turnovers. They had too many mistakes. I mean, I don't know if there was a, a video out there, but uh, in that game, uh, you know, Tabor Lackey had the ball. He was going to hand it off to, to someone, and uh, the ball got kicked around. I, I have no idea how this play happened, but the ball was you know behind the line of scrimmage, and somebody kicked it forward. It was a fumble, and I'd never seen anything like that. <laughs> You know, in a football game before, uh, but somehow that fumble pushed all the way to the Newark Catholic side, and they recovered it. But that was just kind of turnover bug bit the Tomcats. And as as good as Newark Catholic was, uh, you know, Trimble also hurt themselves with those turnovers and a couple of interceptions and cost uh, a penalty here or there. Um, but yeah, you're right. And one thing that we've been talking about, uh, Heath Clemens and I have been going out calling these games uh, for either Trimble or Athens County, and we've always mentioned you know, a field goal kicker. And Newark Catholic appears, you know, they, they've got their guy in Ryan Hour. Yeah, but the funny thing is, that was just his second made field goal of the season in four attempts, and his first one was good from just 25 yards out. But, I mean, he, he smacked that one. It, it cleared cleanly. And I want to go back to your point a moment ago, Connor, about Tremble turning the ball over. They outgained Newark Catholic 360 yards to 198 in that game and turned the ball over five times. I mean, there you go. That just backs up what we were talking about. You hang out of the football, Trimble's probably playing this week. That's mm-hmm. the unfortunate truth to it. It is. you know, And, and again, Tomcats are bringing back a majority of their team, I think four seniors for, for Trimble. Uh, so they're going to be here, and I think they're going to be playing in this spot next year. Hopefully it's a little bit later on in the year. Hopefully it's a little bit closer to Thanksgiving uh, than, than we are here in the <laughs> first or second week in, in, uh, in November. But... Uh, with this weird year here, Marty, I mean, have you what, what's the main thing that you've noticed when you're going out and calling these football games? Because obviously with you know, all the rules and regulations, things are different. But what, what have you noticed? You know, Connor, it's funny. And, and again, that's a very good question, too. I've asked just about every coach I've spoken with this year prior to games almost that very same question. What's this been like for you guys? What is it like? And, and guys, to a man, almost every one of them tells me they can't wait for this to end. And it's not because of their teams. They don't like their teams. I mean, you got teams playing for state championships. But it's, it's every week, every day. And, again, we have to keep all this in perspective because the situation we're dealing with here, I mean, people are, are dying and have died because of this. Right. But when you put it to a sports-only type situation, I mean, these football coaches, they get to school every morning, and the first thing they do is they check their reports to see which kids are there, which kids aren't there, which kids might have come in contact. And that's every day. You don't know whether you're going to have enough kids to, to practice that night. You, you don't know whether you will practice that night. I mean, we've had, and you guys have saw this, I know, we've had so many games in the postseason uh, where games have been postponed the week of a playoff game because one team has had a player test positive, and that's it. So it, the coaches of these programs and the athletic administrators, I think, have done 
a spectacular job this year of keeping everything as close to, I guess, normal as we can get it this year. But you can just tell a lot of these guys, they're exhausted. I mean, they really are. And, uh, again, just hoping that it's that they can get to their game, get it over with, get everybody back home, get, and keep everybody safe. That's what they're trying to do right now. Yeah, and Mark, I think that's a great point there because, you know, football coaches, they want to deal with the least amount of non-football stuff leading up to a game, especially now that we're in the, the state Final exactly. Four. But, you know, as you mentioned, every day you got to see if, there, if someone on your team has case, if they come into contact with someone who's had it. You have to worry about if every kid brings their own water bottle and things like that now, something you've right. never had to right. ever really imagine worrying about. So it, it presents a whole new challenge that probably goes a little bit overlooked this season. Well, it does, Joey. And the, the other thing, too, is all the coaches, when I, when I talk to them about things like that, the first thing they do is they're quick to credit their assistant coaches because those guys have basically become, not that they haven't been doing it in the past, but even more so this year, they've been the guys running practice. They've been the guys talking to the kids because the coaches, the head coaches, they have to be the, again, lack of a better term here, administrators for the program. Mm-hmm. They have to go make sure this is taken care of, make sure that's taken care of. As you said, make sure all the water bottles are separate. All those little things that kind of get lost in the rotation when you have a regular season and a, again, regular year, if you will, uh, that are, are just easily taken care of. This year, you're, you, have, you really, really have to pay attention to detail to every little thing. And that's what's been perhaps the biggest challenge for just about every team that's played and is still playing right now. Right. And do, do you think this season, it's been a question among professional and college sports as well, uh, if this season kind of has, you know, that asterisk next to it, right, because of how different it's been and, you know, looking at it from the OHSAA perspective, everybody made the playoffs, six-week regular season. Some teams had to forfeit out of the playoffs due to COVID cases. So in your mind, this year, is there an asterisk next to those state champs' names here in the next couple of weeks, or is it even more legitimized due to what they've had to overcome to get to that point? I think it's more legitimized. Yeah. I, I really do. Uh, and you can say that, well, they only had to play six games, and, 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 there, and uh, I've called a number of games where some of those lower seed teams, you can tell they really, and I'll be bluntly, bluntly honest here with you, they had absolutely no business being in the playoffs. <laughs> right, right. But yeah. the way the system was set up this year, they had that opportunity, and that's fine. But no, I, I, asterisk, no way. They're, the teams that I think worked the hardest in the offseason to follow the guidelines, to do everything they needed to do to be ready to play, for the most part, have advanced the furthest in all of this. And, and, and again, talent certainly plays a big role in it. But you can see. I mean, you guys have called. You've seen it out there. You've seen the teams that maybe weren't completely ready to go when the whistle blew back in August mm-hmm. because of everything that was going on. I mean, they struggled early out of the gate. So, no, asterisk, no way. I, you win the state championship in, in this state with the amount of talent that's on the field every night at every level, you're a state champion, a true state champion. No, asterisk, no, absolutely not. Yeah, and it, this, it's, it's a lot to get to this point. I mean, even more so uh, here in 2020 than it would be you know, 2019. Hopefully we go back, and hopefully next year everything – is able to to proceed as normal. Uh, well, if everybody exactly. does the right thing, but who knows with with these current conditions, right? Yeah. Well, I, yeah. It's it's every day. You, you just don't know from one day to to the next. And I think the interesting thing about next year, guys, will be uh, when they go to twelve teams per region uh, for right. the playoffs, which I think I think is a great thing. I I really like that idea because I think again 
you're going to open the door for perhaps teams to schedule better non-conference-wise. Because a lot of times, let's face it, teams that they want to schedule three wins in that non-conference, you've seen it at every level of football, but this gives schools a chance to, uh, to go out and maybe play somebody that they normally wouldn't play because they know even if they don't win that game, okay, well, you're st- you, chances are you're still going to make the top 12. And I think that's a good thing, and I, and I like the idea of going to 12. I like the, the first-round buy for, for teams. I think that's a great idea. They get a host of first-round game. I think that's a great idea. I think that's a win-win next year going to 12. What did you think about this year with the, the better seed hosting you know, all these games in the postseason? I mean, is this something that you could see the OHSA allowing you know, the better seed to do moving forward? You know, I, I think that, that that has been loosely discussed, Connor, but I don't know that we'll see that because let's let's be on point about something as well, too. For as much as the, the computer ranking system is indeed the best way to do it when you when you cut it back to the way it should be with not with not everybody getting in from an accuracy standpoint we've seen where let's say a nine seed for example they're eight and two and you have a one seed that plays in a weak conference but goes unbeaten well a lot of people will tell you that 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 nine seed is a heck of a lot better football team than that one seed so yeah, they stumbled a couple of times during the season, but to, to have those schools then play on a neutral side, I think levels the playing field and really maybe validates the computer rankings more than just letting the high seeds host all the way through. Now, that all being said, there is some there is some discussion of that, and it has been brought up at times uh, from a monetary standpoint. That makes sense for the, the higher seeds. Uh, it makes sense in a, in a lot of ways logistically because that's the other hue and cry when you get to this time of year where games are played, these regional neutral sites. Uh, and believe me, the folks in Cincinnati last year, I called the state championship game when Cincinnati LaSalle played Maslin, Washington. Maslin, Washington, the high school front doors were 15 minutes away from Tom Benson Hall of Fame Stadium in Canton. Cincinnati LaSalle, those folks had to drive three hours for that game. Yeah, I mean, LaSalle, LaSalle ended up just smacking <laughs> Maslin, Washington <laughs> last year. Let's so kind of take that away. But uh, it, it's there, there's, some, there's some validity to that, but I think staying at the neutral site is the best way to go after the first round. And uh, obviously, you know, the, what you mentioned a little bit with the uh, monetary, the OHSAA did not complete, you know, the, the basketball tournament earlier on this year. You know, they did, were not able to get the, the ticket revenue from a couple of their big, big ticket items, such as, you know, the basketball tournament or the wrestling tournament uh, or really uh, a whole lot of things. So, you know, financially, I'm not sure where the OHSAA is to allow for neutral site locations for next year, which which will be a big question. Well, let's let's say that uh, there's no doubt uh, from a financial standpoint, the OHSAA took a significant hit. There's no question about that, and it always amazes me how people are quick to to jump on that organization with both feet or for the moves that they make. And the first thing they all say is, "Well, it's all about money. It's all about money." Well. Well, they're not in. They're, they're not doing what they're doing just to be there and, and to smile and shake everybody's hand. Yeah, it, it's a it's a business, and they are there for the kids as well too. But you have to do what you can to keep this thing afloat. And they took a pounding this past year, Connor. You're mm-hmm. you're right on the money with that. With no basketball tournaments, boys or girls, with no wrestling, no baseball. Not that baseball brings in any money, but you had that opportunity. And all their other spring tournaments, like the track and field tournament, routinely draws great crowds. 
when they when they have that. Right. So monetarily, they took a hit, and I think next year again, with everything gets back to the usual schedule, that I think things will slowly start to kind of come back into shape for them. But it has not been a good year financially for them. There's no question about that. Morning, uh, circling back to football here a little bit. As you look across the landscape of all the divisions and all the teams coming in, where where are some of the games that excite you the most coming up here this weekend? Well, I think the uh, if you're a fan of great high school football, you're going to want to either be at or watch the Pickering and Central Cincinnati St. Xavier mm-hmm. championship game on Friday night. I, I called two of Pick Central's games this year, had them in the state championship game last year. Uh, I mean, that's a factory there on the southeast side of Columbus. I mean, they're just rolling kids in and out of that. It's, it's amazing. You watch them come on the field, and guys, they literally look like a college team when they come on the field. Uh, their quarterback, Garner Wallace, is going to Northwestern to play defensive back. A guy Ohio Bobcats fans are going to have to watch for the next couple of years, Nick Mosley, running back. He's going to Bowling Green. He's a tremendous talent. Lorenzo Styles Jr. is going to Notre Dame. I mean, the list is on and on, the Division One cap- caliber kids that they have. And yeah, they right. are just a force to be reckoned with, and they are the defending state champs. But Cincinnati St. X, they come out of the, the Cincinnati area, they play in that Greater Catholic League, which is just week and week out of fight every Friday night. And I, I think you're in store for a very, very good football game Friday night, Big Central and St. X. Saint, they, have that, one they have that Penn State game. commit, don't they, a wide receiver, St. X? Yes, they do. Yeah. Yes, they do. And it's, yeah, it's, it's remarkable uh, the amount of talent that comes out of those schools mm-hmm. as well, too. But I, of, of, of all the seven divisions, uh, obviously Division One usually gets the most attention. Right. That one's going to be a great game. And Dropping down to Division II, uh, one of the semifinals, I referenced Massillon and Cincinnati LaSalle. Well, they're playing in the semis this year. The game's being played in Marysville, just uh, on the northwest side of Columbus. And uh, I'll tell you what, <laughs> that game is uh, its a shame that those two games are at the same time on Friday night <laughs> because that was that was going to be a great game as well, too. Uh, Massillon Washington has a whiteout who's going to Ohio State. LaSalle has a great running back, so it, that's going to be a great game. All four of LaSalle's defensive backs are Division One caliber kids and have been recruited by Division One schools. And last year, uh, Jalen Ramsey, the wideout from Massillon, Washington I was referring to, last year they shut him down up in Canton last year. He was a non-factor as LaSalle rolled in that game. So uh, that one's going to be fun to watch. But I think those two games right there, um, I have – uh, Ironton and Cincinnati Roger Bacon on Saturday night, which which I think will be very entertaining. Uh, and then on Friday, I have also uh, the game uh, between Columbus DeSales and Kettering Alter, uh, which is another uh, very uh, entertaining game. But those two games I mentioned at the, at the outset, I think those are the two best games of the week. I was going to ask you where you're going to be this week, because when I was you know, talking with you not too long ago, uh, you said you didn't know. But uh, So you, you got your two locations there, and you're going to be on Spectrum this week? Going to be on Spectrum Friday and Saturday. The, the ironic thing is, both those games are the same location, London High School, just outside of Columbus. So, mm-hmm. from a, a logistical standpoint, for yours truly, which you know <laughs> you, you always think of yourself first. <laughs> just kidding. Uh, it, it, it works out. It's going to be a great site. And and keep in mind, too, guys, this year or at, at this time of the year in the football playoffs, the goal is to have all the games played on field turf surfaces. And more and more, we're going. More schools have that these days, but that's the goal. And some sites even though they may be better from a overall setup-wise, all the things you look for, larger press box, they have a grass field, they're normally ruled out. It's all about playing on a level field, a.k.a. field turf. Yeah, 
And Marty, I mean, the, with the way the weather's been the past few days here, it might not feel like a, uh, a, a state semi game. We've been up in the 70s, yeah. but, um, yeah. you know, I guess that works out pretty well for everybody. I mean, everybody loves playing uh, in the warmer weather. Yeah, and I'll say this, too. Uh, we were talking about sites a moment ago. I, I had a longtime high school coach tell me uh, last year when we were in Canton, we were on the field prior to the game talking about playing in Canton because right away you always hear from people who say, the game should be played in Columbus at Ohio Stadium. That's where the game should be played, centrally located. Mm-hmm. And I asked this coach who's been coaching in high school football for 25-plus years. He goes, Marty, I'll tell you this. I've never heard of a team giving a trophy back because of where they want it. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. Which, yeah, exactly. It's absolutely true. <laughs> yeah. It's absolutely true. He, he's, he, he told me we play at 3 o'clock in the morning on the freeway if it were for the state <laughs> right, championship. Right, right, right. <laughs> Yes, and those, that, that's the way you have to look at it. It doesn't matter where or when. You know, just point out where they're going to play football, and those guys will go and compete for a title, right? Exactly. That's the way you have to do it. That's the way you have to – because if, if you start getting caught up in things like that, if you're disappointed you're not playing at Ohio Stadium, then your kids are going to feel that. I mean, I mean, and, and quite frankly, once you run down the tunnel – that all wears out because, I mean, I've been in there a number of times calling games and been on the field – it's cavernous. You've got 106,000 seats, and you've got 12,000 people crammed in there for a high school football game. It like there's about seven people there. <laughs> so the atmosphere, I mean, it's great from that standpoint, but no matter, it's that old line from Hoosiers. You know, the court's 94, the basket's 10 feet high. It's the right. same thing in, in football. Yeah. It, it is. And I think, I think that's just base. I think that's just very, very overrated where the game's be played. I, I, I really do. I would say if your mind is thinking about where you should be playing, you're in trouble uh, that day. Exactly. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Exactly right. So what's next for you for uh, for basketball season, Marty? Any news on uh, Bobcats? If you're going to be on E3 or E Plus or whatever it is right now? Well, we're still waiting to find out because I'm sure you guys know uh, we haven't seen a non-conference schedule released yet. Mm-hmm. So we're still kind of waiting on that unless I've missed something in the last five hours. Um there hasn't been a non-conference schedule release, and we're only, what, 17 days away from the season starting on November the 25th. I think the interesting thing is, is you're seeing a lot of conferences, a lot of the mid-major conferences, go to that to the scheduling model of playing their two games against a, a, a conference opponent on back-to-back nights at the same site. And I just wonder, I have nothing to base this on, but it just seems to me that with the MAC being obviously what it what it is as far as travel and concerns and health and all these other things i just wonder if we're headed in that direction in the mac again i'm not basing that on any knowledge it's just kind of a feeling when you see these other leagues doing that it would seem to make sense to do it that way but i certainly hope there's a non-conference schedule because i know jeff Bowles loves his basketball team this year he's excited about what he has coming back um and hopefully they'll get a chance uh, to play uh, a, a non-conference schedule, but we're still waiting to see it right now. Yeah, I think they'll be a very exciting team. Uh, one of one of the more interesting teams coming into the MAC this year, I'd have to say. Well, and there, there's no doubt that Jeff Bowles has it pointed in the right direction. Right, I mean, there's no question. Yeah, you look at no. the kids that he's brought in, mm-hmm. the talent that he has there uh, right now. Uh, it's that early building process. I mean, they, let's face it, guys. They won some games last year. They probably shouldn't have won. And they might have lost a couple that they shouldn't have lost. But that's what happens when you're building a program. And there's no doubt in my mind, and I mean no doubt, that much sooner than later Jeff Bowles is going to have that team 
winning a MAC tournament championship and playing on in the margin. I don't think anybody doubts that at all. Yeah, and I mean, again, Saul Phillips, you know, had a, a nice run. He's a very nice guy. I didn't have the opportunity to interact with him too much, uh, but you know. Vanderplas, Preston, you know, a couple of the, the, the holdovers from the, the Phillips era. You know, Jeff Bull seems to maximize their talent. I mean, now just look at Jason Preston. One of the best guards PVP. in the country. Yeah. yeah. Well, and you, you got to understand, too, that I think Saul Phillips, and, and I got to know Saul relatively well in the time that I was there and he was there. Um, I, I, I think the world of him, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I, and the same with Jeff Bowles. But I think there's a different level of how do I say this? And not I'm not trying to, to take it one direction or another. But Jeff Bowles has a little more of the the player feel about him, I think, than maybe Saul did at times. And it was it was tough on Saul. Make no mistake about it. I, I don't think he um, he it wasn't for lack of effort. I mean, he he, he, he you hit it. He brought in some great kids to the yeah. program. No question about it. But I think Jeff Bowles comes in with just kind of a different, more aggressive, more let's-get-after-it mindset, and I think that's great. And you can see it in the way they played last year. It was, let's go, let's go, we're going after you right now. And I think sometimes the, the teams in the past kind of struggled in that area, but Jeff's teams don't. I mean, they're ready to go from the time the ball's tossed up, and that's what you got to like about it. And again, all I've heard from about Saul Phillips is that he's, he was a very nice guy. It, oh, you know, it, it just didn't didn't work out here, and, and that's all right. Yeah, that's 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 a great way to put it, uh, Connor. Uh, it, it, you had you had five years, and that's a, the the pretty much the measuring stick. And there wasn't any question that the atmosphere surrounding the program had taken a different turn. That didn't make anybody happy because we all know what the convo's like when it's when it's rocking and, mm-hmm. and everybody's excited about what's going on in there. Uh, it, 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 it had slipped away. That that part of that part of the atmosphere has slipped away. And as important as basketball is to this program and to this area, uh, to the the area around Ohio, around Athens, you need that excitement. You need people ready, willing, and, and, and that they want to come to the convo because they know what they're going to see. And, and I think that has slipped away a little bit from Saul. It just it just is what it is. I mean, after five years, yeah. you're not getting it done. Then it's a business, and everybody realizes that. Yep. Very excited to see what Jeff Bowles can do. And before I let you go here, Marty, I got to ask: Have you talked to Tony lately? How's Tony Rush been doing? Tony Rush is doing great. She's uh, uh, the basketball guru of Central Ohio. She uh, she runs a, a basketball training facility. In fact, uh, I live in Dublin, and her training facility is about ten minutes from my house. And uh, Tony uh, do, doing great work. Unfortunately, Tony's decided to hang up the uh, analyst uh, really uh, uh, job. Yeah, uh, her, oh, her role. Uh, with uh, she was doing uh, games on the Ohio State Radio Network covering the Buckeyes. She's given that up. Uh, all her TV work. Uh, she, she's decided to give that up right now to focus on her business. And uh, uh, but I think the world of Tony. Her and I worked together in some thirty years now. But uh, we're going to get Jackie Winded into the mix this year. Jackie does a spectacular job. And once we get to go ahead to start bringing those games, we're going to do it. <laughs> we're just we're just waiting for the just waiting for the green light. That's right. Yep. And I'm- same thing here. I'm waiting for the green light for wrestling too. I've I've heard nothing, <laughs> nothing yet, but hey, you know we'll we'll figure it out, right? Absolutely. That's 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 the way you have to approach it. You just the mindset. I think I might even have told you this a couple of times, Connor. You you, you tell them whatever you want me to be there. That's when I'll be there. Absolutely. That's you have to do it. Absolutely. But Marty, it's always a pleasure having you on the radio. It's good to hear from you, and uh, you know have some fun this Friday. Uh, I certainly will, guys. Call anytime. I appreciate it. Have a good show. Thanks, Marty. Hey, Marty. All right, guys. Again, Marty Bannister uh, does some 
He's been a radio, been a TV, done a lot of things for, I think, longer than we've been alive here, Joey. So I don't know <laughs> yeah, if that yeah, makes I'd him feel old or if that just makes me feel young. <laughs> probably, uh, he, probably not the latter. No, nah, I mean, he, this, <laughs> Marty's a great guy, one yeah. of the true professionals out there, and uh, you know, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm excited to hear you know, what he can do uh, for the Bobcats coming up. And uh, yeah, obviously, I'll be tuning into the, the Spectrum games and, and be listening to him there as well. We'll take a short break right here on the Sports Fan on the other side. Both Ohio football teams that were in action on Saturday succeeded. Uh, somehow the, the Bearcats dropped from 6-7 to seven with a win. They won by 28 points. I don't know how that happens. Uh, but we'll break it down uh, right after this. This is a sports fan on 970 97.1 FM, WATH. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. In today's world, the last thing you need is a broken cell phone. If you've got equipment in need of repair, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair is here to help. Athens Electronic Repair services all brands of electronics, cell phones, tablets, game systems, and more. Plus, during the health crisis, Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair offers home pickup and delivery and a contact-free drop-off kiosk outside the store. Don't work from home with a busted computer? Call Athens Cell Phone and Electronic Repair at 740-590-1677 or visit the shop at 386 Richland Avenue, Athens. My son Aiden has asthma. Secondhand smoke has triggered his asthma so bad to the point where he had to end up in the emergency room. And he has spent multiple nights in intensive care. Now he's on a whole bunch of medications. My tip to you is don't be shy to tell people not to smoke around your kids. Four out of ten U.S. kids are exposed to secondhand smoke. If you or someone you know wants free help to quit smoking, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. If you see news happening, call 740-205-8615. That's 740-205-8615. It could win you $50 in gift certificates from Airclaws, the Athens Area Chamber of Commerce, and the station that's first with news in Southeast Ohio, 970-WATH. Start your mornings with Scott Daly from 6 to 12. Hop on the party line from 9 to 10. Join Sky Hope on Classic Caravan from 4 to 6 p.m. And listen into the sports fan at 6.06 on Classic Hits 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. This is the sports fan on 970 WATH. And back inside for the sports fan right here on 970 and 97.1 FM WATH. We just heard from the great Marty Bannister. Always great to have him on the air and I look forward to seeing him inside the Convocation Center if we're able to Get out there and, and inside. If I not, hope so, man. I want to watch that team play this year. Talking yeah. about the men's basketball team. Well, if not, I mean, we still get to watch. Uh, no, they put everything behind a paywall. You can always listen to it on the radio. We're the flagship station of the Ohio Bobcats. Right. Uh, as we got a phone call calling in right now. Caller, you are live right here on the Sports Fan. Uh, yeah, a little update about Alexander Soccer. Uh, we were just about to mention yeah. them. State Final well, Four. Yeah, we, we made the Final Four. That, that's, that's unbelievable. Um I had a tough game Saturday. Uh, it sounded like overtime. it. And um, so then we thought we were still going to get to host it maybe at Athens High School again. But uh, 
for the first 30 or 45 minutes after the game. We thought we were, but then now we got to go play at Westerville North High School on Wednesday night and take on Tip City Tippy Canoe. Yep, Tippa Canoe uh, defeated uh, Cincinnati Summer Country Day 2-1. Uh, and then also they beat uh, Wyoming uh, in overtime 2-1. Uh, but Alexander, hey, 18-1-1. I mean, they've just had a phenomenal year. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, you know, what you were talking with Marty there about the whole season and about, like, all the uh, practicing and all that stuff. That, you know, it was a really tough year for the players and the coaches. Mm-hmm. Um really for football and all the fall sports, really, they got almost like an extra month in of practice because they were allowed to start the 1st of June if schools made it through that far without having to take a break or so. We had to take a two-week break. But uh, so some of these schools have been going at it since the 1st of June. Right. And and it was really hot that early, and people were wearing masks, coaches were wearing masks, and it was just, uh, you know, and like he was talking about the assistant coaches and another uh, people they cannot forget is the trainers because the trainers were really really important this year right and it, i mean it was a it was a grinded out type of season for sure as you're mentioning and uh, you know it was a grinded out type of win for for alexander on saturday uh an overtime right. win and uh, you know it's, it's even the start of season you were kind of hoping we might get 10 games in and it's just is crazy that we're still playing and uh i'm really glad we are and you know, this, this group of kids for Alexander, man, they uh, they just never give up. I mean, it was tied at halftime. The last two games, we were behind at halftime. And, uh, you know, we were ahead. And uh, Dover scored with about three minutes to go in the game. And I thought, oh, man, it's not good. It looked like he had all the momentum. And uh, we were pretty tired. But uh, cause it was like 78 degrees playing on turf. It was kind of hot. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be like that in November. No. But uh, we scored with, what, the first three minutes of overtime. I was glad we scored early. Yeah, I was following along with Kevin Wiseman because he was tweeting out all the updates and stuff. And I had saw Alexander took a lead late and then gave up, I think, a late goal, if I'm not uh Yeah, about mistaken. three minutes to go in the game, yeah. Yeah. Well, they came back. They they wanted an overtime. And, I mean, just amazing performance out of, uh, you know, Alexander this year. State Final Four, that's the first time in, in, uh, in history for them, and right? That's, that's a, in any sport, any boy sport of Alexander, and, um, you know, this is the first time, I think, I told you the other night, since 2004 that a Southeast District team is going. And, and uh, we also got Wheelersburg High School. They're going in Division Three, and they're 20-0 right now. They uh, beat Grandview Heights, I think it was, and that was kind of a surprise. So it's good to have a couple of schools down here. Uh, but normally, like I so said, these guys here, <clears throat> we play basketball, baseball, and all that, and all these guys now you get into, most of them are playing soccer 12 months, 364 days out of the year probably. <laughs> right. So, but, you know, it's, it's really good for our kids here and uh, for the younger kids playing soccer and to know that, you know, you can go you can go ways now. Yeah, and what, what's your take on uh, on the game coming up on Wednesday? Uh, any well, scouting you know, on uh, Tip of Canoe? Not too much on it right now. We, you know, you can... Find out a lot of um, you know information on the uh, on the web and all that stuff. And every once in a while, you get some film. Uh, we just know we got to go up there, and you know, you get a chance to score. You better not kick it like inches over the goal. You better kick it in the goal. So you know, you know, you're not going to get many chances on it. But you, your defense, you want your defense to be really powerful, and uh, they're probably pretty deep, I would say. So you know, just going to, and you know. I, 
we're going to go up there with no pressure on us. We're going to go up there and play. I mean, this is, you know, just go up there and play and have fun right now. Uh, you know, they were the state champs last year. So, you know, hopefully they got more pressure on them. We go up there and just play and, you know, see and see how it goes. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, what about, what, what does this team look like coming back next year? I mean, is this still going to be a, a pretty good Alexander team, uh, regardless of what you happens? Know, we, we lose 13 seniors, wow. which is a lot of seniors. Uh, we got some really good, uh, good players coming back though. And, uh, we, we're always competitive and, uh, you know, it might be a little interesting to see like next year, what division we're in, uh, because we were, I think only like, you know, how uh, I think we were like eight kids over Division Three, and you know that when you have transfers and you got people from other school districts coming in, that adds up. So I think we were maybe two kids over. So it's possible we could be Division Three next year. And sometimes, I mean, sometimes Division Three is a lot easier. Sometimes it's not. And uh, so, but I, I think it'd probably help us if we drop back. But you know, we always play during the regular season. We play bigger schools. We play Warren. We play Athens, we play Marietta, um, Jackson, um, and, you know, we even tried, we tried to play Parkersburg this year, but they wouldn't come across into Ohio because of the uh, right. virus. And we had a game at Shawnee State against um, uh, John Paul Blazer in Ashley, Kentucky, and uh, they they wouldn't come in either. And we had we had kind of had a tough time. We were one game short of our regular season because we couldn't get anybody to play us. And, and every once in a while we have – uh, teams trying to uh, not play us right now, even the teams in our area. But, um, but you know, we'll, we'll, we'll be uh, pretty decent next year, I'd say. That's always good. And you always got to tip your cap off to the coaching staff, the kids, and everybody involved because uh, it's a whole whole team effort to get all the way to the state Final Four uh, like these guys have accomplished. Right. Yeah, so I uh, hope everything goes good, and we'll, we'll have a lot of fun up there. It's going to be a great experience, and, uh, you know, if we win this one there, you know, you go on and play at Montpree Stadium. And um, what's good for that, we've already played there. We, you know, we play some regular season games up there every once in a while. And it's, it's a blast playing. You know, a lot of kids don't get to play in a pro stadium. And uh, it's a really good experience for them. Uh, yeah, it's always good. And, you know, that's something to look forward to. Right. Okay, well, have a good rest of the show. You too. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate it, and uh, good luck to Alexander and their upcoming game on Wednesday. Yeah, thanks. And, yeah, I mean, we were just about to mention the, the Spartans after Marty, and uh, Spartans have gone all the way to the state Final Four. They've got a record of 18-1-1, and uh, and whenever they're able to go out there and, and accomplish something like that, that's always tremendous. Regardless of whatever sport it is, uh, that's a very talented 13-senior uh, Spartans team going out there and, and trying to you know, get a state title. Yeah, that they are. Um, doesn't happen too often down here. I think when he called in and told us the other day, it was 2004 was the last time a South Ohio team ever made it to this point. So that's a big accomplishment. Uh, what a, you know, rise above the adversity. They had a tough game on, uh, you know, it wasn't looking good there. You know, you never like to blow a lead in soccer because, you know, momentum shifts quickly in a, in a sport like that. And uh, to come back after giving up that late goal and to come back and win in overtime, that's big. That's big. A big win for Alexander and a big game coming up for them on Wednesday. Uh, our sister station, WXTQ Power 105, has the coaches show with Russ Eisenstein and Frank Solich as it's a big game. I, I don't know, would you characterize it as a big game or just a 
a football game. It's as, a game you got to figure some things out for Ohio, it, I would have to say. Yeah, I think I saw a line. They're 22-point favorites over yeah. Akron. Yeah, I mean, Akron's terrible. And, you know, if you don't blow them out, you have a lot more questions than I would even say after the Central Michigan game because a lot of things went well, uh, not the defense. Um, but uh, they got some things to figure out. They got to figure out how to run the football with Curtis in the game. They got to figure out, you know, what Armani Rodgers, what, uh, what his role was going to be going forward if, you know, because I'm not big on the two-quarterback thing for too long. I, you got to find a guy. You got to go with him. Right. And we'll talk about it on the other side of this break. We've got to fit one more in before the end of the program. We'll be right back. This is a sports fan on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. <laughs> Where do you plan on watching the Athens legend and Heisman Trophy winner Joe Burrow and the Bengals play? Why not come to Brony's Bar and Grill, located at the corner of Court Street and Carpenter Street in Athens? We have 13 TVs, a great food selection, including the best wings in Athens, cold drinks, awesome daily specials, and a nice patio with a cool breeze. Catch Joe and the Bengals at Brony's Bar and Grill. When there's something strange lurking under your bed, who are you going to call? Dustbusters! Athens Dustbusters are a licensed, bonded, husband and wife team that offer up top-of-the-line janitorial services at great prices, and they serve commercial and residences across Southeast Ohio. As the seasons change, don't worry about the cleanup. Call Athens Dustbusters at 740-541-7113 for a free quote. But don't just take our word about the Athens Dustbusters. Hi, I'm Sam. And I'm John. And we're Athens Dustbusters, and we will bust your dust. Hey, you! Come see what Emily is cooking at Tavolino, home of the fresh, authentic, made-from-scratch Italian food. Stop it on your way to work for a double-shot latte or bring the family for lunch off a of dinner in a spot that feels like you're back in your Nona's kitchen. Emily also does cooking class for the adults and the kids alike. So dish that pasta in a box and come learn a thing or two. Stop in at Tavolino for not only a great meal, but an unforgettable experience. At 9 North Schaefer Street in Athens, Ohio, visit Tavolino on Facebook for the hours and the specials. From concrete to roofing to siding and windows, J&K Contracting has you covered from the ground up. Whether it's a room addition, a complete home build, or your commercial projects, let the professionals at J&K be of service from groundbreaking to completion. And don't forget they accept all major credit cards. They even have free seamless gutters with every complete roof installation. Don't hesitate to call J&K Contracting at 740-698-3521 for a free estimate. Live and local, the sports fan on 970 WATH. Sports fan right here on 970, 97.1 FM, WATH. Mills and Mike alongside Joe Medor. Appreciate the callers and Marty Bannister calling into the program. we got 12 more minutes of our radio program as it's 648 on the clock, ninth day of November and 68 degrees here in southeast Ohio. But... Uh, over the weekends, again, the Ohio teams, you know, Bobcats, of course, played last Wednesday. They will play again tomorrow against Akron. Uh, you, know, you had both Cincinnati and Cleveland off. It was their bye week. During the bye week, you know, Cleveland can't. Uh, Baker Mayfield gets put on the COVID-19 injured reserve list. Uh, so Baker Mayfield will probably, it's not certain yet whether he's going to play next week or not. Uh, but Regardless, you know, there's another thing that the uh, Browns have to deal with in what has been so much a uh, successful season. But, yeah, the big big story, I guess, in Ohio for, for college football has been the success of the Cincinnati Bearcats. But even with the 28-point win over a, uh, a conference foe, 
they, they get dropped down to, to number seven. They lose a spot. And I don't know how that happens because what more can you can you ask from this uh, Cincinnati team? Uh, you can't ask much more. They've been uh, by far and away the best team in the American Conference. And, uh, you know, it's tough. We're, we're, we're back in this whole SEC thing, right, because Florida jumps them two spots. That's fine. Florida beat Georgia, who's ranked fifth. I, I'll give you that one. That's more impressive win than, than beating Houston. The A&M one confuses me. After blowing out, I don't see how a blowout win over South Carolina is all of a sudden more impressive than, you know, anything that, you know, Cincinnati did, you know. I mean, A&M's got a win over Florida. They got blown out by Alabama, and the rest of their wins are Vanderbilt, Mississippi State, Arkansas, and South Carolina. I mean, there's nothing really too impressive there to make you think that they should be ranked above, you know, Cincinnati. The, the couple times Cincinnati's gotten to play ranked opponents, they've won, and they've won pretty big. Um this is kind of tying back into, I mean, I'm sure everybody remembers UCF a few years ago going undefeated, left out of college football playoffs. Of course, they went on to win their bowl game as well. And, uh, and it's in the same conference, the American. And, of course, they threw some SEC teams in there with some losses over them because they viewed their seeing as a tougher schedule. I mean, this is a really good Cincinnati team. Luke Fickle's done a heck of a job building this program here the past few years. And, uh, you know, it's, I don't agree with them getting jumped by, by A&M. Uh, this week, I don't really see how you know a team, an undefeated team that's ranked six in the country, wins a game by 28, and then they they fall a spot in the rankings. Right. Uh, it again, it it make no sense uh, why you would drop Cincinnati after performance like that. Plus, you know, Ritter goes 17 to 27, 162 yards through the air. You know, maybe it's not as flashy. You know, it doesn't hit above 200. Uh, maybe, but you take a look at his big body of work. Threw for a touchdown, had one interception, but three, three rushing touchdowns on 12 carries and 103 yards. You know, he is a dual-threat quarterback. Yeah, he's, and, bro- he's broken yeah. the record for most 100-yard rushing games by a quarterback in Cincinnati history. He's uh, definitely a dual-threat guy, um, and he's been playing a heck of a season. And as I said, you know, Fickle's got these guys playing their tails off. They play with a lot of energy. They get really good on the defensive side of the ball and uh, turning, forcing a lot of turnovers. They just have, uh, they just have an energy about them that uh, – Seems kind of special this year, and uh, they're, they're a pretty good team. I don't know if they're going to get their shot here because, unfortunately, look at the rest of the schedule. East Carolina, UCF, Temple, Tulsa. None, I mean, the only team that is half decent out of that group, and they haven't been great this year either, is you know UCF, who's been you know kind of the, the team in this conference the past few years. Um, but I don't, I don't know if this resume is going to be enough to get them to, you know, Obviously, if you go 12-0, and 0, beat everybody they put in front of you, you're going to want to play for a college football playoffs. But it's not seeming that that's a trajectory that Cincinnati's going to have. I mean, you're looking at the predictor right there. They're not even right. on it. They, I, and it's astounding to me because, again, they are 6-0 and 0 on the season. you got Alabama, who's undefeated. That's great. You know, Alabama... Which this predictor seems stupid to begin with because Wisconsin's right. on it. And Ohio, okay, there's Ohio State there. Yeah, but, you got Alabama, I mean, Ohio State, and Clemson. All are projected above 50% to make the playoffs. And, and listen, those three have been the top three teams in any order. I mean, LSU, obviously, last year uh, you know, had a, a phenomenal season, not so much this year. But with their chance to make the playoff, Alabama, Ohio State, Clemson, that's almost a given in any other year. However, Clemson just lost a game to Notre Dame. Now, if you want to say they had X player out, they had Trevor Lawrence not playing, you know, that that's what later on in the season comes with that ACC championship game. You know, then you can put Clemson back on top of Notre Dame. But, I mean, and this is the predictor. I mean, it's number one, Alabama. Two is uh, Ohio State. 
three, Notre Dame four, Clemson. And I, I believe that's what the AP Those are the rankings, is. not the... Yeah, that, that's the AP rankings, and that's what you know, college football playoff committee will probably go on and do. It's Alabama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, okay. Clemson. So flip Ohio State and Notre Dame. But either way, you know, it's to have this playoff predictor out there and to not even have Cincinnati on the list, I'd say it's a little bit insulting to Cincinnati. They're the sixth best team. I don't know how A&M jumps them. Uh, they but, just don't value this. They've shown over and over again, they just don't value this American conference. Uh, it's not one of the power fives, unfortunately. And um, it's, it's cost them chances. As we said, the UCF undefeated team to get a shot next year. The MS did it again. And it d- didn't look like they were going to be projected to make it that year either. Even if they went undefeated for a second time, right. unfortunately for Cincinnati, this conference doesn't get the notoriety. And, you know, it's just one of those things where it, it a one loss, you know, a one loss Clemson is getting in over Cincinnati. Uh, a one loss, pick any of your SEC teams that they view played a, played a tough schedule. They're going to get in over Cincinnati, unfortunately. Now, what if, let's say, Notre Dame doubles up over Clemson? Because it's going, it, what it's I looking mean, that, like to that, be. That opens up a spot. That opens up, but then who do you put in that other spot? Are you going to put a Wisconsin team in that spot? Are you going to put a, you know, a Florida or a Georgia? I mean, I Georgia think, just lost to Florida. I think hell will be raised if a if a Wisconsin team who is like on pace to play four games right now gets in <laughs> over a you know a Cincinnati team who might play a full season. That that but, would be a big. But the playoff predictor has them at forty seven percent. Yeah, I don't. It, I don't, it I, makes I, no I'm sense to me. I don't get it. I don't get it either. Uh, it's, it's an interesting undefeated. list. I don't know. They've played one game. I don't know how you could. And their one game's a win over Illinois. And I, I would <laughs> say to the football playoff committee, look, everybody is doing conference-only games. How is a non-Power 5 conference supposed to get into the football playoffs when they've had the amount of games that they've had, when they've gone undefeated? Now, if Cincinnati loses to anybody else on the schedule, everything that we've just said is mute, right? Because it doesn't matter. They got a loss. And when that happens, everything else just falls down. But if they go undefeated and they are winning by a large margin, Cincinnati deserves to be in the playoffs over a five and one Texas A&M over a, you know, a, a, the Pac. Is well, I mean, they're going to play Pac-12? more games. They're not done. Yeah, is, is the Pac-12 going to get into the playoff? Would, would you give them a top four spot if somebody goes undefeated at this point in the season? No, because like th- that's the thing about it. Like you know, the Pac-12 is not that strong either. But Oregon might go undefeated, and people might make their case for them. But it's just. I don't know. It's weird. And the Cincinnati team, they've, you know, they've pretty much blown everybody out of the water. I mean, even that UCF team, they had a couple of close calls in their, in their undefeated season. I remember South Florida gave them a good game. I think Memphis played them tough. And, uh, you know, their closest game is 24-10 against Army, and Army was ranked at the time. Everybody else, they won 55, 55-20, 20, 28-7, 42-13, 49-10, 38-10. Right. They're a good team. And, uh, yeah. you know, I don't know if they're going to get their shot. It, it might be unfortunate. But I feel like we're going to see another controversy as to where we see these people uh, saying the SEC gets overvalued, perhaps the ACC gets overvalued. You know, you can try to make the argument. I mean, uh, the Clemson argument is probably, well, if it's a normal season, we don't even have to play Notre Dame. So, like, <laughs> Yeah, but it's not a normal season. You did have to play Notre Dame, and you did lose to them. Yeah. So this, as much as... You know, Clemson gets all the notoriety. They got Trevor Lawrence. He's been out for two weeks. What you're going to see, if if Clemson beats Notre Dame, you're going to see, I would imagine, only an ACC, and I'm going to see, you're going to see two ACC and two SEC teams, and that's not going to uh, you're not gonna sit go, well with a lot of people. You're not going to put in a Big Ten? You're not going to put in Ohio State? Oh, that's true. Ohio State, I'm, yeah. Ohio yeah, State. Will they got to be, yeah, Ohio State's got to be. Obviously, that's true. Ohio point. State was AP number three. Okay, so it'll be Bama. 
Bama, Ohio State. If everybody wins out like they should, it's going to be Bama, Notre Dame, Ohio State, and Clemson. That's what you think is going to be the playoffs? If Clemson beats Ohio State. Or, excuse me, if Clemson beats Notre Dame the second time they play. Yeah, but I think if Notre Dame loses in that ACC championship, I think that they get dropped out of the I disagree. Because really? they beat them earlier in the season. That's where it all gets, you yeah. know. But then even at that point, you know, they would take a look at it and say, well, Trevor Lawrence wasn't playing. I think it just depends on how close the game is the second time around. Because if Notre Dame loses to Clemson, and it's handedly with, you know, Clemson at full strength in the championship game with Lawrence Well, let me and, tell you something. Else. Trevor Lawrence didn't play defense. They gave up 47 points. Exactly. So, that's, I mean, the, that's the <laughs> other side of it. I mean, you take a look. The uh, the He was a freshman, right? DJ Ugalali? Yeah, he's a five-star recruit. He's a great play. He had a great game. Threw four, 430, yards. Yeah, yeah, 439. He did, they didn't miss much of a piece. Now, Notre Dame did slow down ETN out of the backfield. That was, uh, that was a bit of a shock. Cause, 18 uh, carries, you know, He's been having, yards. you know, Heisman talks about him this year. But they, uh, yeah, those slowed down a little bit. And the, the Heisman talks picked up for, for fields. I think he has more touchdown passes than he does incompletions on this season. Now, if that holds to be the case moving forward, I mean, you at least have to think that he's going to take the Heisman trip. I don't oh, know if yeah. he'd be the favorite, but yeah, absolutely, especially with Trevor Lawrence out for past two weeks, I mean, Fields should be either one of the favorites or definitely top four moving forward. Just with the way that he has played, big win for Rutgers, uh, big win for uh, Ohio State over Rutgers, 49-27. But uh, it was the closest that Rutgers has ever played Ohio State. So I, I take a little bit of solace in that. <laughs> I mean, if you're an Ohio State fan, wasn't a great yeah. fourth quarter. I'll say that. Nope, eighteen to seven. But you know, the other, the other three quarters have to be uh, factored in there too. Anyway, we. Uh, it's a moral victory, Connor. Yeah, it is a moral victory. Six o'clock tomorrow. We'll come right back here for the sports fan presented by JNK Contracting. Appreciate Marty Bannister calling into the program as well as our callers. We wish good luck to Alexander, and we will see you tomorrow at six o six. For Joe Medor, this is Connor Mills signing off.